Welcome to Reading to Kids podcast. I'm your host, Jenna. And I'm your host, Peyton. And we're here to read to you or with you. We know that sometimes moms and dads don't always have the time or the motivation to read to their kids each night, and we know how important it is. So, on those nights that you're not in the mood, we're going to do it for you. Can't wait to read with you. Good job, Peyton. High five. Chapter 6 of A Series of Unfortunate Events. Book the third, The Wicked Window. Mr. Poe frowned, sat down at the table, and took out his handkerchief. Forgery, he repeated. The Baudelaire orphans had shown him the shattered window in the library. Then they had shown him the note that had been thumbtacked to the door, and they had shown him the business card with the grammatical grammatical, that's a hard word, grammatical mistake on it. Forgery is a very serious charge, he said sternly and blew his nose. Not as serious as murder, Klaus pointed out. And that's why, that's what Captain Sham did. He murdered Aunt Josephine and forgot and forged a note. But why would this, why would this Captain Sham person, Mr. Poe asked, go out Go to all of this trouble just to place you under his care. We've already told you, Violet said, trying to hide her impatience. Captain Sham is really Count Olaf in disguise. These are very serious accusations, Mr. Poe said firmly. I understand that the three of you have had some terrible experiences, and I hope that you're not letting your imagination get the best of you. Remember, when you lived with Uncle Mont, you remember when you lived as Uncle Monty, you were convinced that his assistant, Stef. Stefano was really Count Olaf in disguise. But Stefano was Count Olaf in disguise, Klaus exclaimed. Oh, th- that's not the point, Mr. Poe said. The point is that you can't just jump to conclusions. If you really think this note is a forgery, then we have to stop talking about his disguises and do an investigation. Somewhere in this house, I'm sure if we can find something that your Aunt Josephine had written, we can compare the handwriting and see if those match up. The Baudelaire orphans looked at one another. Of course, Klaus said. If there is a note we find in the library and it doesn't match Aunt Josephine's writing, then it was obviously written by somebody else. We didn't think of that. Mr. Poe smiled. You see, you are very intelligent children, but even the most intelligent people in the world often need help with the help of a banker. Now, where can we find a sample of Aunt Josephine's handwriting? In the kitchen, Violet said promptly. She left her shopping list in the counter in the kitchen where we got home from the market. Um, isn't that funny? I saw the word kitchen and I thought on the counter. <laughs> Chuny, Sunny shrieked, which probably meant let's go to the kitchen and get it. And that's exactly what they did. Aunt Josephine's kitchen was very small and had a large white sheet covering the stove and the oven. For safety, Aunt Josephine explained during, the, their, during her tour. There was a countertop where she had prepared food, a refrigerator which where she had stored food, and a sink where she had washed away the food, <laughs> away the food nobody had eaten. Due to one side of the to one side of the countertop was a small piece of paper on which Aunt Josephine had made her list and Violet crossed the kitchen to retrieve it. Mr. Poe turned the lights on and Violet held the shopping list up to the note to see if they had matched. 
There are men and women who are experts in this field of handwriting analysis. They are called graphologists, and they attend graphological school in order to get their degree in graphology. You might think that this situation would, be call, would call for a good graphologist, but there are times when an expert's opinion is unnecessary. For instance, if a friend of yours brought you her pet dog and she said she was concerned because he wasn't laying eggs, you would have not a veterinarian to call that her tell that her dog was not laying eggs, and so there would be nothing to worry about. Yes, there are some questions that are so simple that anyone can answer, and Mr. Poe and the Baudelaire orphans instantly knew the answer to that question. Does the handwriting on the shopping list match the handwriting on the note? The answer was yes. When Aunt Josephine had written vinegar on the shopping list, she had curved the tips of the V into tiny spirals, the same spirals that decorated the V in violet. On the note when she had written cucumbers on the shopping list, the C's were slightly squiggly like earthworms and the same earthworms appeared on the word cold and Captain Sham on the note. When Aunt Josephine had written limes on the shopping list, the I was dotted with an oval rather than a circle, just as it was and my life will, will be at its end. And there was no doubt Aunt Josephine's handwrite, handwritten on both pieces of paper that Mr. Poe and the Baudelaire's were examining. I don't think there's any doubt that Aunt Josephine wrote both of these pieces of paper, said Mr. Poe. But, Violet began, there are no buts about it, Mr. Poe said. And look at that curvy V's, the, uh, at the curvy V's. Look at the squiggly seas and look at the oval dots over the eyes. I'm no graphologist, but I can certainly tell that these were written by the same person. You're right, Klaus said miserably. I know that Captain Sham is behind this somehow, but Aunt Josephine definitely wrote this note. And that, Mr. Poe said, makes it a legal document. Does that mean that we have to live with Captain Sham? Violet asked, her heart sinking. <laughs> what do you think he says? No. I'm afraid so. Are you kidding me? Oh my God. This is seriously, this is why it's a story. Okay. I'm afraid so, said Mr. Poe. Someone's last will and testament is an official statement of the wishes of the deceased because that's not true. You can't just like write something and that's a legal binding piece of paper or contract. That's not true, guys. You were placed in Aunt Josephine's care, so she had to write up, had the right to assign you to a new caretaker before she leapt out the window. It is very shocking, certainly, but it is entirely legal. Not really. We won't go live with him, Klaus said fiercely. He's the worst person on earth. He'll do something terrible. I'll, I know it, Violet said. All he's after is a Baudelaire fortune. Gind, Sunny shrieked with which meant something like, please don't make us live with that evil man. I know that you don't like Captain Sham, this Captain Sham person, Mr. Poe said, but there's not much I can do about it. Uh, I'm, I'm afraid that the law says it's where you'll go. Actually, we'll run away, Klaus said. Technically, the thing that the, her parents said that she wants them always to be with family, so, you know. Um, 
You will do nothing of the kind, Mr. Post said sternly. Your parents entrusted me to see that you would be cared for properly. You want to honor your parents' wishes, don't you? Well, yes, Violet said, but then please do not make a fuss, Mr. Post said. Think of what your poor mother and father would say if they knew that you were threatening to run away from your guardian. The Baudelaire parents, of course, would have been horrified to learn that their children were to be in the care of Captain Sham. But before the children could say this to Mr. Poe, he had moved to the other matters. Now, I think the easiest thing, what I think the easiest thing to do would be to meet with Captain Sham and go, Captain Sham and go over some details. Where's his business card? I'll phone him right now. On the table in the dining room, Klaus said gloomily, and Mr. Poe left the kitchen to make the call. The Baudelaire's looked at Aunt Josephine's shopping list and the suicide note. I just can't believe it, Violet said. I was sure that we were on the right track with the forgery idea. Me too, Klaus said. Captain Sham was, has done something here, and I know it, but he's even sneakier than usual. I wonder if he re rewrote the grocery list because he thought they would compare handwriting. We'd better start, we'd better be smarter than usual then, no, Violet told, replied. He told her what to write. Oh. We'd better be smarter than usual then, Violet replied, because we've got to convince Mr. Poe before it's too late. Well, said Mr. Well, Mr. Poe said as he gave, had to go over some details. Oh, well, Mr. Poe said that he had to go over some details, Klaus said. Perhaps that will take a long time. I got a hold of Captain Cham, Mr. Poe said, coming back into the kitchen. He was shocked to hear of Aunt Josephine's death, but overjoyed at the prospect of raising you children. We're meeting him in a half hour for lunch at a restaurant in town, and after lunch, we will go over the details of your adoption. By tonight, you should be staying in this house. I'm sh oh, but tonight you should be staying in this house. I'm sure re you're relieved that this can be sorted out so quickly. Violet and Sonny stared at Mr. Poe, too dismayed to speak. Klaus was silent too, but he was staring hard at something else. He was staring at Aunt Josephine's note. His eyes were focused in concentration behind his glasses as he stared and stared without blinking. No, that's not true. Aunt Josephine didn't write it, and if she did, she purposely spelled things wrong. Because remember all of the misspelling? Yes, she did. Because She did it on purpose? No, I can't pause it. You'll tell me after this one. She's going to sneak and tell me, guys. But you can't hear yet. Okay. Violet and Sunny stared at Mr. Poe, too dismayed to speak. Klaus was silent too, but he was staring at something else. He was staring at Aunt Josephine's note. His eyes were focused in concentration behind his glasses as he stared at it. Without blinking, Mr. Poe took his white handkerchief out of his pocket and coughed into great length and with great gusto, a word which meant in which produced a great deal of phlegm, but None of the Baudelaire orphans said a word. Hey, I have, an, I have a question. Why do they just presume she's dead? What if she's out there and she's still alive? She is. I know. But why are they just presuming she's dead? They're not even checking to see if her body's out there. What a weird... This book's weird. Oh, for kids. Yeah, that's true. Well, Mr. Post said finally... I will call for a taxi cab. There's no use walking down that enormous hill. You children, comb your hair and put your coats on. It is very windy out and it's getting cold. I think a storm might be approaching. 
Mr. Poe left to make his phone call and the Baudelaire's trudged to their room. Rather than comb their hair, however, Sonny and Violet immediately turned to Klaus. What? Violet asked him. What, what? Don't give me that what, what? Violet answered. You figured something out and that's what, what? I know you have. You are rereading Aunt Josephine's note for the umpteenth time, but you have an expression as if you have just figured something out. Umpteenth, like the tenth, but like a millionth, like umpteenth. Hi, buddy. I'm not sure, Klaus said, looking at the note one more time. I might have figured something out, something that could help us, but I need more time. But we don't have any more time, Violet cried. We're going to have lunch with Captain Sham right now. Okay, buddy. Come on, buddy. Uh, reading with dogs. Then we're going to have to make some more t- time somehow, Klaus said. Okay, buddy. Determin- <laughs> Determinedly. Come on, children, Mr. Poe called from the hallway. The cab will be here any minute. Get your coats. Let's go. Violet sighed, but went to the closet and took out all three children's coats. She had Klaus handed Klaus his coat and buttoned Sonny's onto her buttoned Sunny onto her coat as she talked to her brother. How can we make more time? Violet asked. You're the inventor, Klaus answered, buttoning his coat. But you can't invent things like time, Violet said. You can invent things like automatic popcorn poppers and invest things in things like steam-powered window washers, but you can't invent more time. Violet was so certain that she couldn't invent more time that she didn't even think to put her hair up in a ribbon to keep her hair out of her eyes. She merely gave Klaus a look of frustration and confusion and started to put her coat on, but as she did... She buttoned up. She realized that she didn't even need to put her hair up in the ribbon because the answer was right there with her. Dun, dun, dun.